The annual International Women's Day is just around the corner. Future CIO is running a series of interviews with women leaders from across industries and functions as our way of contributing to the gender equality movement. This year, the call to arms by the IWD community is choose to challenge. With us today is Data Nino, Senior Vice President for Global Growth, Customer Success and Partnerships at global fintech company Neum. Dana, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Before I start, if I may ask, you've been in payments starting uh, with your days at AT&T and PayPal. What brought you into the fintech space? Yeah, so actually what kind of made my foray from sort of a tech background at AT&T and then transitioned over to PayPal in a similar role, but that was sort of my entry into payments was with PayPal. And really enjoyed my time there, you know, learned a lot about sort of the inner workings of the payment landscape. I was managing a, a team that worked on the sort of customer success of the enterprise clients. And then from there, I sort of had more interest in kind of earlier stage hyper growth companies where you could come in and really see innovation and ideas happening at a rapid pace. You know, so I went to a couple different early stage companies in the payment space and bought sort of my foot in the door around not just domestic payments, but also international and a lot of other sort of alternative payment types over the years. I think the excitement of the growth aspect of it and how quickly uh, the payment space changes is always an exciting thing in the fintech for sure. Also happens to be one of the most crowded area of the fintech space these days. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's go back into our topic of the International Women's Day. As a professional, how has technology and digital transformation changed the role of women in leadership positions? Yeah, I know that's an interesting question because I will say from my experience, kind of over the years, you think of like technology-based companies, tech in general, haven't always attracted a lot of women as a field of choice from sort of their, you know, when they're in college and they start looking at majors, there's always been a challenge there, right? Attracting more women into the STEM type of majors. And, but I think over the years, because of the fact we've started seeing a lot more women come into the fintech, into the tech industries, I think the diversity that the digital transformation has happened uh, has basically caused, you know, a broader breadth of opportunity for women. You know, maybe they're not interested in being a coder or an engineer, but there's a lot of other digital titles um, and opportunities that are interesting and appealing. And sometimes then they get in their foot in the door that way. And then they may decide they do like the engineering side of things or working in IT, or they may be, you know, more on the marketing side or sales. So I think it's it's helped in just, you know, helping bring in more women <laughs> into the tech industry. And once we have more women sort of in the job pool, it helps us to obviously level the playing field between men and women in a typically sort of male-centered uh, industry. So I, I think that, you know, having more women come into the tech fields and sort of have a lot of opportunities around learning through technology and all of these different things that they can diversify their background, their resumes get more robust. And as a result of that, you were seeing more women in leadership over the last several years, for sure. I think that's a, a definitely a benefit of it. Given the near-term issues around the pandemic containment and the return to the next normal, is this diverting from the importance of recognizing and promoting women leaders in technology and transformation? Yeah, it's it's interesting because 
you know, the pandemic, of course, has impacted everybody. I, I wouldn't say there's even a gender specificity about it right now, because for the last year, everyone's been challenged in different ways. But I think probably one of the unfortunate aspects is a lot of HR departments had been making great strides in that area, right, over the last several years, focusing on and prioritizing equality in their hiring practices, how they're sourcing candidates, um, you know, looking for more women leaders in these tech-centered roles. And I feel like a lot of that was diverted, of course, you know, and no one's fault in this, of course, but a lot of that was diverted into refocusing on things like, are we going to have to lay people off? Are we potentially looking at freezing all of our open job requisites? They had to really sort of scramble in a year of unknowns. And a lot of focus, I'm sure, has shifted in, in different companies on prioritizing going after women and kind of optimizing the way you're hiring and, and looking at things that were sort of crisis mode type of scenarios. I think also a big piece of that is HR departments looking at things like remote work, workers and workforce, how that's going to impact people having to figure out how we're going to get all of our office forces into working at home successfully without interrupting anything for our customers. And then following that, all of the mental health issues that can also play into what we're seeing over the last year. And, you know, that can affect both men and women, of course. But, you know, I think there's probably a special presence of pressure maybe on women that are now working home with families, with the pressures of, you know, am I going to be laid off? There's, there's all these other factors that went into it. And I think, you know, we're seeing globally there is impact. I was just actually reading an article this morning and I think it was in the BBC. They were talking about how Japan in the month of October had 879 suicides of women in that one month alone, which was a 70% increase from the October before in 2019. And it's something they hadn't seen, you know, at all. So I think, you know, pressure is a big factor. And I think women in leadership, you know, had to sort of manage as everyone did, you know, I wouldn't say it's specific to women, but as everyone has in the last year, you know, had to manage a new set of circumstances and how that's going to affect your employees. And as a leader, how you can help, you know, be empathetic to what people are going through, but still, of course, you have to have your company's objectives and, and goals in mind, but really trying to find a balance of, you know, understanding that people could be struggling and people can have issues that you need to have compassion, of course, because we're in a very different place than we were a year ago. So I think leadership qualities of women and kind of emotional intelligence plays into that as well, which women, I, I think, kind of bring that strength into the leadership team. Now, if you look at the women leaders, including yourselves that you come across, what qualities stand out when it comes to what would be a role model for a woman technology leader? I would say there's a lot of, you know, I can think of some like key words that come to mind when I think of what basically helps you in a technology space become a leadership or a leadership personality that's inspiring to others. And some of those are like, you need to have a sort of a deep curiosity about things, be very inquisitive. And I think that's important because, you know, you have a lot of people in technology that are very driven on data, numbers, coding, those kind of things. So in the leadership roles, it becomes more important to be have a very innovative mindset, you know, to kind of look at 
the way things have been done in the past and how, especially in the payment space and fintech because you know payments is so change so rapidly changing that you know you have to really have a critical mindset but also innovative like we've been doing it this way can we do it this way who can we partner and collaborate with that might take us to the next level that we can be a thought leader in this space those kinds of attributes of women and and male leaders also but th- those are just important qualities also being like a problem solver very collaborative is really important because most of the fintechs and most of the tech companies in general you know everyone is working with global teams everything that we do requires cooperation with teams across the globe and being able to half of half of the battle of leadership of course is having successful teams that want to work for you that want to do a good job that are participating in the process and you know that makes the company successful so i think having a personality type and a sort of management style that engages people and helps them feel valued and you know that they're a key part of the team even if we're remote even if we're different parts of the world that remains very important and then also you know I think it's important soft skills so since we're talking about women you know I think there is an attribute a perspective that women bring to you know it could be a boardroom discussion it could be a client negotiation for closing a deal it's a different perspective and as we know it's it's good to have a different different voices and diverse voices in the room and i think the soft skills definitely come into play in leadership especially because it's often not easy to you know there's sensitive topics that you may come across as you're in your leadership role it could be with a client it could be with an investor it could be with an employee so i think sort of bringing that different perspective and approach to problems to crisis to employee issues anything like that i think that is a strong attribute that i always value in female leaders that i've worked with and it seems to contribute greatly to the cohesiveness of the team Let's go a bit more personal, if you don't mind. Who in your mind uh, best exemplify a woman technology leader and why? The first person that came to my mind when I was thinking through questions about women leadership roles is my daughter, funny enough. She actually works at TikTok and she's worked in the past for Instagram and Pinterest and she takes an approach, you know, I think it's really interesting because, you know, she's younger, of course, and her and I do things a little differently, but we're both leaders in the tech space. And she's kind of focused some of her time in an area that I think is really important, especially for sort of the millennial age group where, you know, there's a lot of questions around, you know, should I go into tech space? How should I get in? How do I get my foot in the door? It's been a prevalent question for many years, but she actually started a career chat page, advice page on both TikTok and Instagram. She has now, I think, 250,000 followers where she gives career advice, really. And she'll literally answer every question. She'll give them alternatives. She'll talk to them about networking and the importance of networking and, you know, how best to create the greatest resume that will catch people's eyes and follow up after your interviews. All of these great uh, skills that sometimes you know, you don't always learn these things when you're going through college. It's it's not always just automatically known. You know that LinkedIn is a great way to network when you're trying to get your foot in the door. These are things like especially right out of college that are so important. And then applying, sort of taking you, especially once you're in a leadership role, it's so important. And if you're at a company that you know a lot of people are trying to get into or a field that everyone's trying to get into, to share your knowledge. And I think that to me is something we always have to remember because 
we all get busy and we all, you know, have KPIs we have to hit. Taking time out, I think, to mentor people that want to get into the industry that challenges socioeconomic or otherwise, I think it's just a, a really great thing as a leader to always always try to give back in some way. And so things like that inspire me, I think, the most. What's that one leadership lesson that you've learned in your career? You know, I think probably I would say a leadership lesson is it's sort of a fine line between, you know, strength and empathy. And I think it's important to, as a female leader, especially in a male-dominated industry, to have confidence in your ideas and presenting your ideas and being able to understand that, you know, everyone in the room is there for a reason. It's funny, there's a, I don't know if you've heard about this, but in Silicon Valley, there's something called imposter syndrome. It's very prevalent. So you hear about these people that go into Facebook and different companies, huge Silicon Valley companies, and they get faced with this thing they call imposter syndrome, which is like this, <laughs> this realization, like, how am I here? How did I get here? And all these people are so much more qualified than I am. And it's a real thing. I mean, people get therapy for this in Silicon Valley. And I think the way that they work through this is, is really that you have to understand that every step you take in your career path, you earned that, right? So if you're in a job in a huge company that maybe was your dream company to work at all through college, you're there because your resume stood out among the 100 others or 500 other resumes that they got. And you really knocked it out of the park in the interview. And they value the qualities and the background that you're bringing to that role. And to always remind yourself of that, that everyone suffers from that in one way or another from imposter syndrome. And essentially knowing that, that you're there for a reason and you really earned your way there, that helps, I think, to build your confidence in your ideas and to really strengthen your sort of creative side that you don't need to, you know, feel like, oh, some, you know, worry about what others in the room who may have a better degree than you or a better background than you may have a better idea. It's not necessarily the case. A lot of the best ideas come from someone that has not as much experience or not, not as much pedigree as the others. And the other thing, I think a lot of younger people will get caught up on things relevant to, you know, what kind of degree I should get, that it's critically important what I major in and things like that. And I think that they also have to keep in mind that relevant work experience for a lot of these companies becomes exceptionally important as well. As a female executive, what has been the most significant barrier in your career? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I do feel like I have been pretty fortunate and I, I think it's, it's more around, you know, perspective. Like oh, often you'll, you'll come up against barriers like, you know, maybe there's a role that you want with a certain company and you have applied and applied and you've failed or something, you know, I think the more companies become aware, which which they absolutely have in, in the last number of years, that female leadership, female staff, especially in tech companies, is a valuable asset. And even investors, when they look at earlier stage companies or companies that they're looking to invest in, often they look for things like that, like how, how aware is the company of things like diversity and making actual efforts to embrace different you know, genders and roles that may have specifically always gone to men, different races, whatever the case may be. That culturally is an important aspect of a company's 
you know, success, I think overall. So for myself, I do feel like a lot of that change in the industry has is an, is a great advantage because I, as a female leader, and I talk to a lot of female leaders in tech and fintechs, and I hear the same thing. They're seeing definitely a sort of trend to where, you know, you can tell the companies are valuing female leaders more. They're specifically looking and trying to attract female leadership to their company, even if the company is sort of a typically male-dominated industry or or company, if they, especially if they're very heavily skewed on their leadership team to men or on their board or whatever the case may be. So I think that has helped a lot in the last, say, five years or so. I think overcoming what I always try to do, I, I always try to, if, if there was something I was going after that maybe I had a barrier or a challenge, I, I try to look at what I might have done differently, how I may have researched better before that interview or whatever the case may be, kind of self-evaluate. I think that's an important quality. So, so you, it's really a quality of like perseverance, to be honest, and really sort of not going down the path of they must not have hired me because of some, you know, something other than my qualification. So just try to persevere through that and then, you know, move on to the next one. And and I, I think, you know, if I'm giving advice, I would say, don't get stuck on one thing. If, if you have an opportunity that you're going after and you fail, don't get caught up in the failure, just move past that, move on to the next thing that wasn't meant to be for whatever reason and move on to the next opportunity. Now, you just mentioned male-dominated industries or professions. So what is that one advice that you would share for any woman who wants to enter into, uh, in, into an organization or a profession that is male-dominated? You know, one thing I think that's important is I would say, you know, embrace the differences of the people on your team, whether it's, you know, if it's skewed towards males I think that there's a lot of value placed on both sides. Like I value the differences in the way my male counterparts think and approach different problems. The way they solve problems is a little different than the way I typically do. And other females that I'll notice on our teams may approach things differently. But instead of, I think, working to complement the way each other does things, whether it's a, a problem solving, crisis management, managing to growth and looking at goals for the company, all those things, it's, it's different perspectives and approach. But I think when people are trying to get into a male dominated company, keeping that in mind, because the more cohesively you can work with your counterparts and be successful at it and gain cooperation as a group and as a team, that becomes really important to how far you're going to go in your career. And keeping that in mind, especially if you're in a male dominated environment, you're not there to compete. Of course, you're all there as a team and always keeping that in the back of your mind that there's always going to be a difference in the ways of thinking, the approach to, to things, but that you're all there for the betterment of the company and to meet the goals as a team. Typically male dominated um, environments appreciate that kind of teamwork from colleagues. So I think it's always helpful to sort of take that approach as you're trying to break into these companies. What advice would you give to the next generation of female leaders? As you're going through college and things, a lot of, you know, a lot of focus is placed like on the degree you'll choose and what path you'll take right from the get-go. But a lot of a lot of the huge companies, even mid-tier fintechs, et cetera, have less focus on the degree and a lot of focus often on what relevant work experience you may have. And also, you know, there's a lot of alternatives. And I think 
for girls, especially if they're trying to get into the tech field. There's an interesting one I just recently discovered, this program called Year Up. Super interesting program. So it's for males and females, of course, but it's for 18 to 26-year-olds. And basically, and I don't want to say it's a total college alternative, but a lot of the huge companies are participating in this. Facebook, Snapchat, Salesforce, Hulu, uh, Microsoft, where basically it's a one-year paid training program, training you in all the relevant areas of tech industry. And then they place you in one of these huge companies for six-month internship. So once you get that kind of resume value, uh, actually on-the-job work experience, I think it's just really critical. So whether you do that kind of program or one, you know, while you're in college and you're you're working on internships with some of these companies, I think that's really important. And then, you know, getting in at an early stage, not not being afraid to learn on the job, but you know, starting to get your foot in the door, even if it's not the exact position you were looking for when you're 24 years old, get your foot in the door at the company that you want to be in at the industry you want to be in. And then from there, there's so many opportunities you have for growth, you know, to move within that company. Once you have that experience and move to another company and sort of build upon the experiences you have, that's really key. And don't be afraid, you know, to get caught up in this imposter syndrome. Don't be afraid to, you know, go after a job that's a looks like a a challenging job for you on paper, you know, a lot of times you should push yourself, you know, don't always go for the job that every single bullet point on the job description you hit, go for the ones that you hit three quarters of them and the rest are going to be challenges and you're going to have to work for it and, and learn as you get there. So, you know, I would just, I would just say, build that confidence in yourself as you start early in your career would probably be my greatest advice. Dana, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. That was Dana Nino, Senior Vice President for Global Growth, Customer Success, and Partnership at global fintech company, Neum, on the topic of getting started and succeeding in a man's world. You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.